Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of Commerce Talk, brought to you by SmartOSE. I am thrilled to be your host, Azizo O'Byrne, and together we are going to embark on a three-part mini-series for World Health Day. Over the course of these episodes, we'll be exploring the exciting possibilities and emerging trends that are shaping the future of healthcare. Our guests are some of the world's most visionary entrepreneurs, innovators, and changemakers, each with their own unique perspective on what's to come. So, whether you're a healthcare professional, a technology enthusiast, or simply curious about what the future holds, you are in for a treat. So sit back, relax, and join us on this very exciting journey. What are the key things that we learn from like implementing those tools to the user? From my observation, the key thing would be that whether or not if user actually felt that they're empathized, if the counterparts that they're actually having conversation with is actually not human, how do they actually perceive? Have you ever had an idea for a product or service that might help yourself and others? However, maybe that idea just stayed as that. You might have told a friend or a family member or a colleague and maybe it never went anywhere and that's okay. However, our next guest might inspire you to give that idea another look. She turned an idea into a mission to help others and revolutionize mental health care. Now a leading tech founder in Asia, she developed Thailand's first ever mental well-being app which has helped thousands upon thousands of people. She was named by the BBC as 100 of the most inspiring and influential women in the world. She has given TED Talks. She has won a World Summit Award. Her story is one of passion and perseverance. Please join me in giving a very warm welcome to the CEO and founder of UCA, Dr. Kanpasorn Surya Sangpech, also known as X. Dr. X, thank you so much for joining us. Hi. Thank you so much for inviting me. Happy to be here. I have been so excited for this chat. We had an introduction call a couple of weeks ago and I was only supposed to be like 10 or 15 minutes, but I could have stayed on that call talking to you for hours. And I know that everyone listening today is in for such a treat. For anyone who hasn't had the absolute joy of getting to chat with you or getting to know you, maybe we can start with you telling us just a little bit about yourself and why you started UCA. Okay, sure. So hi everyone, my name is X. I'm the CEO and founder of UGA. So UGA is uh, Thailand's first and largest uh, mental wellness app. We have been running this like since like 2017, but actually I had the idea, my initial first idea like lies like at least like one or two years before that. So my background is a professional dentist. I was practicing as a dentist after my graduation. For around two years, I have my personal experience dealing with my own mental health for a long time, like since uh, my teenager year. So I see the importance of mental health and I also see the struggle that a lot of people, including myself, have to um, get into the actual help or get into the actual treatment. I see a lot of uh, a lot of that has to be um, trade with the quality of life and also trade off with uh, opportunities in their own life as well. So in in my case, I have to change at least like six psychiatrists until I find one that I feel 
uh, comfortable or I feel that it's actually like the best click or that my service is quite far away from where I was stationed at. So back then I was stationed at, uh, I was stationed at uh, a province that has to be at, at least like uh, six hours away by driving. Every time that I need to talk to a psychiatrist or I need to have that session, I have to wait for at least like a month. I have, and I have to also cancel all of my patients. So at the very same time, like, even though like I'm not uh, directly uh, a psychiatrist or I'm not directly a psychologist, I do see a problem. And I feel that with use of technology, this could be improved in a better way. Yeah. That's why I, yeah, I, I kind of like got the idea like, Hey, why, why not like, uh, something, why not use like telemedicine to help people access better. And also this also helps with stigma directly. And back then, um, the practice of using telemedicine in telepsychiatry was not very common. It was something that was still questionable in the eyes of the practitioner, but, uh, I see the future that this is a way to go. And also there has been some research, um, going on in more developed countries like in the U S or in the UK. And also back then there already has been some of the guidelines coming out in terms of telepsychiatry. So I really feel that, uh, applying telepsychiatry could actually help Thailand mental situation. So that's how everything like came together. Wow, it's such an incredible and inspiring story, one of which has human-centeredness at the heart of everything you were doing. I'd like to know what, what is the current state of mental health services in Thailand right now? I would say that Thailand is pretty much uh, advanced comparing to other countries in Southeast Asia. Um, we have, uh, since our standard care is the universal health care, meaning everyone would have their rights to reimburse and should be able to reach out for help. Yeah, so that actually is a lot of uh, uh, financial struggles that a lot of us had, but um, there are also like other types of scheme that people could go for, but majority of us like undergone this uh, UC or, or universal healthcare. And also apart from the government supported scheme, there's also like private sector, like the private clinic, private hospitals, and also a lot of organization coming in trying to improve mental health services. The government pushes not only in the care pillar, but also they try to push in terms of like promotion and also like prevention. Yeah. But, uh, also the same thing with a management of time and resource, like we might not have a lot of resource. I think it's practically very similar to elsewhere around the world, but in Thailand, uh, the number of psychiatrists per capita is around like one to 80,000. So it's quite overwhelmed when someone wants a service and they're seeking help in a public sector, they have to wait a long time. And also when looking at Thailand, uh, population, uh, finan financial segmentation, you can see that, um, we, we have a lot of people that are living in the situation It's difficult for them to even reach the hospital and to 
exchange it with their opportunities in their life, like their working hours or their um, opportunities that they have to care for other aspects in their life. So I would say, I would say that uh, we are quite progressive, but also there's a lot of room to improve. And I'd say that room to improve is universal as well. Uh, you mentioned stigma there. So before we go on to speak a bit more about UCA, um, I'd like to go back to that and just ask you, you know, when, what were your hopes when you were developing UCA, or in what ways do you try to address stigma around mental health services? So before UCA, people has to go to a hospital or clinics in order to get treated. And so I was thinking like, hey, how about like, if there's is like any solution that allows them to get connected with psychiatrists without, without that type of notion, or is there any types of access that we could provide? So going online and uh, also being flexible for them not to formally disclose their legal names uh, helps them open up more where they feel uh, more comfortable accessing the service. Like somehow their levels of uh, acceptance, right? Where like, hey, I don't know yet if I have problems. Maybe I don't have a problem or the levels where I might have a problem, but I'm not too sure. Or, hey, I am quite sure that I have a problem, but there's no trigger that pushes me to actually go to the service. I'm like thinking back and forth. Or at the very last phase where, hey, I have a problem problem, and that trigger has already pushed me to actually open up for a service. We, UGA actually helps serve those type of people where, hey, we are not quite sure. You do not know if it's at the appropriate stage or not to officially like reach out or actually go to the hospital. We help people um, uh, get access connected easier. Yeah, it's anonymous on the platform. Mm. Yeah, well, uh, one thing that really stood out to me when I actually went to use UGA, just how convenient the entire journey was for me and how accessible it was. There was no barriers. The language was really great. And I know doing these things that was not done by accident. So what went on in the background when you were developing this platform to be able to bring that convenience and accessibility to people? Mm, I think um, it's not just a one checkpoint, but it's a learning curve uh, that we like all the product team needs to go through in order to understand. Yeah, so um, humanizing the whole journey is the key. And also to actually uh, care about like how people would feel like during the path of their user journey is important. So I think like in this particular question, it all goes down to UX UI process. Like have we gone through like the research enough? Have we gone through like all the um, requirements before releases enough? Have we recheck like how do they feel? If it's a, it's a happy path, how it's going to be like the unhappy path, how it's going to be like, like it's not like a hundred percent perfect, but we are always, always trying to improve. Yeah, humanistic approach, conversational UI, I think this is important. Yeah, 100%. And on that, I'd like to know, you know, developing something 
like this, founding the idea and then taking it through to development and being the CEO and founder, that could not have come without its challenges. Um, I'd like to know just what were some of the main challenges you faced when developing UCA and across the entire journey and how you overcame those challenges? I think each, uh, I think there are major challenges depending on each phase of the company. Initials, one would be like how to actually set this up, how to actually like execute everything, how to actually start. Yeah, I think that's the hardest part. And then, and then the second is to find product market fit, like how to actually make the, the product that actually sell or how to actually know where we're at. Like most of the time we don't know where we are at, but we have ugly results or good results. We have to know, like, we have to know how did this happen? And it's not always that we are enlightened. We have to all always to keep like rechecking on ourselves. Like if we actually know where we are at in order to move on to the next step. Yeah. And then the next one would be how to actually build a good team, a good team that uh, aligns with company's vision and also aligns with the culture that I'm trying to foster in the company. And also, and also about fundraising as well. Uga is a mental wellness startup and we start off in Thailand. It's a combination of very difficult things in multiple aspects. <laughs> Number one is mental health. Uh, it's health tech. Health tech raises like less comparing to other types of startup. And also uh, it's mental health is actually a bit of a niche comparing to other types of like health. When you're talking to VC and when you do not understand the importance and also the degree of, uh, of possibilities, it's quite hard to convince. Yes. And also at the same time, we are from Thailand. We're not like from Singapore. It's not sexy and we're not from Indonesia as well. Yeah. So that's also very difficult in terms of like limitations and also stigma against like Thai start startup or Thai founders. Those are the key things that we have to surpass as a founder myself. I am not from, from the background where it's usually easier for, for VC to make decision. Like I'm not from top school from us, not from Ivy league, not from UK, not ex Googler, ex Facebook, ex Amazon and such thing. I'm just a dentist. Well, in some case they might be like, Hey, dentist is not bad, but dentist has no background in like building a business and also like think in a way that we could actually scale this. Yeah. So a lot of time it's quite questionable for, for, for them to, to, to judge and make decision. Yeah. So I think like those are, those are the key difficulties, like de depending on the phase of the company. You know, when you're telling me this, it's like almost like there are so many things stacking up against being able to make this happen and you know so many barriers to where it actually is today which is what 150,000 people on the platform since launching in 2018. When we talk about challenges I'd like to know then what were the main elements or aspects of the success of this happening? I think uh, the first aspect is number one 
we are the first one in the business. So our branding is quite out there. Yeah. So branding is, of course, very important. I think I see telemedicine as something more like hospital types of business where you can have like a lot of hospitals anywhere, everywhere. And sometimes doctors go around and shop around too. But how to actually attract people and bring, bring trust, I think. Uga company's branding is uh, important. And also we, we have to be ahead of the curve in terms of whatever mental innovation. You know, and speaking of staying ahead of the curve, uh, this season is all about looking to the future. And today, this question may come in three parts, but uh, today we are focused on the future of healthcare. So I'd like to know, what do you see the future of healthcare being if you look to the eyes of UCA? And where does technology and innovation fit in with this future? I think the future is hybrid. We have online service. We should think of a user as a whole, like they're a human being, right? What would you be? What would you do if you own like problems or if you have the problem yourself? Online wouldn't be enough. What are the rest of the care that we could provide user to make it more holistic? So definitely hybrid. We are coming up with offline solutions so that users are more well-connected and the treatment are better served. And also collaborations with uh, hospitals, clinics. Yeah, in that sense, I, I think like in terms of healthcare, the future is hybrid. And also, I think people right now are very much um, hype towards like AI, chat, GPT, and such. I think there has been uh, some of the examples that were uh, using engines from ChatGPT to help people in terms of like mental wellness. I think those are the things that we should look for, we should eye for. What are the key things that we learn from like implementing those tools to the user? From my observation, the key thing would be that whether or not if user actually feel that they're empathized, if the counterparts that they're actually having conversation with it's actually not human. How do they actually perceive? When actually they're not being empathized by anyone but tools. At the very same time, it should be very beneficial to assist the process, but how to actually make it fruitful and believable. Yeah, and then that brings around, you know, the meaning, mm -hmm. the meaningful connection between a person using services and AI. Yes. Yeah, and maybe it's something in as well, the willingness to be vulnerable because it's not like you are speaking to a person who has had that human experience too. Yeah, it kind of like diminish after once you learn that whatever conversation that had happened, there's no one behind that. You're not being accepted. You're not being understand by anyone. How, how, how to actually like brought that up, how to actually scale that or how to actually adapt that. So I... Out of all that, it's not that I, hey, AI will not work in terms of mental health. No, I don't think so. But I think there, there needs to be a better way yeah, to, to actually like present it or formulate it. Or like there should be like other types of processes that they could actually plug in and help improve. Yeah, yeah even from the data management side. Um, who knows what's going to, but it's an interesting future that we are stepping into, that's for sure. Uh, I'd love to know what has been the single most important thing that you have learned in your journey as a founder and a CEO. 
I think the single most important thing is grit, because not always that you would, um, not always that you would do things right. You have to be able to put your mind into that mode where you're just going to kick it and do it. Yeah. So there has been a lot of times that I question myself, like, should I keep going? Should I stop? There's a lot of times I feel like, hey, I want to stop. I want to stop doing this. This is so hard for me. Like I could have like much better, like easier life, like waiting for me. My mother, like during the first four years starting Uka, she constantly tell me to stop. She constantly tell me to like, um, it's better off. Like you could better off like do something else, or maybe it's easier for you to do nothing. Like we are comfortable. You don't have to do this. Yeah, you look like you're in a mess, or you look like <laughs> running into chaos by yourself at your own will. Yeah. So at some point in time, there might be some uncertainty, or that uncertainty might already have had happened. Yeah. But uh, life would bring you surprises at times, and things might change. It's interesting, you know, uh, your mom telling you to stop. What has been the pieces of advice that you've had that has kept you going? I think the best piece of advice that I got was that uh, there was one time, like this mentor, straight, straight off, like with straight face, like telling this to me that your CEO is your uh, responsibility now. You're the best one that can do whatever you want to do. Whatever happened, even if like your arms or your legs got ripped off, you have to keep walking. <laughs> okay, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said to me. I'm like, really? So I I think that kind of like is that's very important to like keep me going because that's a lot of time that I feel really sad. Like when some key member leave or when there's some conflict going on or like sometimes I like question myself like if I do the right thing. But like this, this particular word like hit me every time. Like whatever happened, you have to keep going forward. <laughs> whatever. Wow, it's incredible, and it will stick with you. Like it stays there in the mind. Yeah. And if you were to impart advice onto anybody who may be listening to this, who may be in a position who you know the people we spoke about at the beginning who might have had an idea but never went forward with it, or may be wanting to improve their current services, what kind of advice would you offer to anybody who may be listening? I would say that like the more cliche version would be like uh, idea zero, it doesn't matter, you have to execute it. Like these are the things that we hear, we keep hearing all the time, right? I, in which I really support that. It's really true. Like idea words, nothing if you don't do it or maybe it could worth it if you are a consultant. <laughs> so I think like take a look more at understanding who you are, what kind of risks that you can take, what is there any burdens or is there any responsibility that you have to consider or if your personality or if your uh, own constraint is appropriate if you want to be an entrepreneur or not. It's not always that you have to be the entrepreneur, 
if you have the idea that's good enough and you know the drills, you know um, the risk that could happen, and you have that mental fit that you could try to break through, then perhaps might be okay to give it a try. Yeah, but if you consider yourself like, hey, like I cannot take that much of a risk, and so forth. Maybe join forces with those that already had done something and align with what you want, your vision. Maybe that's a good option as well. Have a think about it. Maybe we have more options than what than we think. I love that. I love that so much. I love the last part as well. It's like there's not just one option. You know, there's multiple mm-hmm. routes that you could go down. What's coming up for Uka that you might want our listeners to know about? Uh, so. At least for now, Uga is focusing a hundred percent on like dominating Thailand. Yeah, but of course, like in the future, we would like to expand to other country as well. So, if anyone would like to refer us to those in Thailand, like very happy, you could um, yeah share us, share our link to them www.ooca.co or download our application OOCA on both Android and iPhone. If there is any comments. Anything that you would like to share, you want to reach out to me, please do so. You can find me on LinkedIn, EIX. I think that's quite easy. And uh, if anyone feel like this aligned with what they want to do, and uh, feel that it might be a fit for you, um, don't hesitate to reach out to me as well. Yeah, we are we are hiring a lot. <laughs> I saw this. I was. I wanted to say that as well. I was so happy to see that there's so many job opportunities coming up with you guys, and it's incredible to see. And the roles are so exciting too. Yeah, please. We need more people. We are growing. Please. <laughs> And with that, I think that's a great way to end things. Um, I just want to thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being you, and thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you to your entire team as well. Um, you are making such a difference in this world, and I can't wait to see what the future holds for you. I want to say that I really appreciate you inviting me. I really appreciate all the respect that you have given me, and also. I think it's a good thing if the idea gets to spread around, and yeah, I also wish that more people listen to Smart OSC as well. Yeah, thank you very much. Now there you have it. What an incredible guest! What a brilliant way to start our mini series for World Health Day. That was Doctor X from Uka, the founder and CEO. Check them out if you can, and also, as always, I'll say check us out. We are Smart OSC. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. Tomorrow we are bringing you part two with Doctor Avnish. We're going to be looking at the ethics, the regulations, and the education of AI in healthcare. It's going to be a big one. Until then. I have been your host, Aziza O'Byrne. We are Smart OSC. This is Commerce Talk, the podcast that keeps you one step ahead. We'll see you next time.